right, folks, thanks for joining us here on The Extra. Um, we actually got our hometown hero in the studio today. Dan, thanks for joining us. Appreciate it. Thanks, Justin. Thanks for having me. Yeah, you got it. So um, I met Dan, uh, purchased a ring through him, um, interestingly enough. But we're going to first talk about, since we do the Hometown Hero, brought to you by Marigolds every week, we're going to first talk about your service in the fire department and when, when did you start that? Uh, so I started in the fire service in 2012. Okay. Yep. So about 10 years ago. Nice. And what yeah. made you get involved in that? Um, I always had a passion for it when I was in high school. Uh, I did a vocational program uh, for fire science, and um, you know I grew up in the jewelry industry previously with my dad, so I wanted to try something different. And I went and did a ride along with a few friends, and firefighting seemed fun. So yeah, when was that out in Peyton? No, it was with CSFD actually. Okay, so yeah. you did the ride along there, mm-hmm. but then you just said, "Hey, I'm going to do." Go on with the Peyton volunteer department? Peyton, I've been on with um, since 2019. Um, I started at Black Forest initially, though. And that's a volunteer one? That was volunteer at the time as well, yeah. Okay. So what do you do? Are you a backseater there? At Peyton? Yeah. Uh, No, I'm a lieutenant right now. Okay, got it. So what's your, like, just give us, how does that look? Monthly? Well, how, how often are you doing that and when you're when you're doing it are you on calls i mean bring us through how that looks yeah so i'm down there um twice a week uh for our shift day and our uh training day uh it's a required 12 hour shift and then anytime after that we're on call so just as volunteers if i'm home and we get a large incident i'll respond if i'm home so you throw your gear on head down to the station yeah and then you guys roll just a uniform yeah because 80 percent of what we do is medical okay so so, it's a little different than the you know the city dynamic okay. and the career fire departments. Yeah, because that's what we've we've had on. This is the first time we've interviewed somebody who's volunteer. That's why I, like. So when you come in, are you are you driving the fire truck? Or are you? I mean, uh, so we do. We're usually one or two man crews. Okay. Um. So as a one or two man crew, we're doing the same that four man crews are doing on a career fire engine. So, okay. Uh, we have to know the job pretty well all around. Um, you're the driver, the officer, the firefighter, and the EMT okay, on so some it's calls. D- okay, so it's different. Yeah, totally different than, yep. than CSFD where you're like, you're the driver, that's all you do. Yeah, everyone has an assigned job on a CSFD truck. Um, out where I work, you're doing everything. Everything, and you're not getting paid anything. No, just a stipend like once a year, which covers my fuel usually. <laughs> but do you get any... Like, is there any retirement? Is there any medical? There is a retirement, yeah. There's a FPPA, the uh, Fire Retirement Fund, essentially. Whatever you put into it, you get out of it. It's nothing crazy, but it's something for your time. Health insurance? Nope. That's wild. It's all on us. <laughs> I mean, that is, yeah, that's insane. Um, but are most of the people there then trying to push into, are they... Usually, yeah, I yeah. just want to get the experience. So I can go yep. to CSFD. Yeah, we're think? we're definitely a stepping stone department. So okay, we bring on younger people, um, or we bring on people in my arena that just don't want to do it as a career anymore, but still have a passion and drive to do it, or they just want that adrenaline rush. Yeah, but most of the time, our young guys are there to get the education, the experience, get a feel for what firefighting is like, and then they move on to bigger departments. So. 
I, okay, makes more sense now. All right, folks, we're going to go to a commercial break. Um, but remember, Hometown Hero brought to you by Marigolds. Every week they step up and do this. They provide dinner, drinks, dessert. It's phenomenal. We've been doing it with them, I think, for about a year now. So um, check them out, Marigolds, and then also Marigolds South now of 115. you got the one north, Centennial. Um, and we're going to go to some quick messages here, and then we'll be right back. You're listening to The Extra on Cardio News Radio. All right, folks, we're back with Dan here, Zurab. I had to ask him over the break, make sure I'm pronouncing it correctly because I butcher so much so much <laughs> stuff. I try, you know, that's one less thing I can butcher. That's good. Um, we talked a little bit about your volunteering in the, in the fire department. Let's talk about the jewelry business, how it started. You said your father started the business? Yes, my dad started it uh, in the early 80s. Okay, early 80s. Mm-hmm. And where did he where did he start it? Where was it located? He was actually doing it um so he was in real estate before that and okay. he was doing things out of the trunk of his car okay. <laughs> so kind of like the open the jacket you want to buy a yeah, watch yeah, thing yeah, yeah. <laughs> so he would do that <laughs> um he got into it with a buddy in denver uh, who kind of showed him the ropes and he always loved sales and he saw the potential that there was in jewelry and being able to be a part of someone's special moment you know you yeah. sell uh for anniversaries, weddings, Christmas, birthdays, you name it. Yeah, you're, you're not selling for funerals. Right. Right? Yeah. Uh, you, uh, we, <laughs> there is some funeral jewelry, okay, unfortunately. We're going to have to get in that story before we get you <laughs> off air today. But most of the time, it's a celebration. Right? Yes. So people are fired up. Yep, most of the time. So it's a good moment, special moment to be a part of, and he wanted to do that. So he was selling uh, couples who were buying homes, you know. Yeah. Hey, you guys are getting married or engaged, right? So you want to buy a ring as well? Perfect. So yeah, there you go. Double closing. Double wham. <laughs> yeah. ABC, right? <laughs> so that he would hilarious. sell the home and the ring, and there you go. So when did it become more full-time for him? Full-time was probably 1982. He started his first brick and mortar. Uh, oh, wow. Okay. On 19, nope. No, Chapel Hills back in the 80s. Wow. Like, Woodman. That was like super north. Back yeah, then. Woodman was just a dirt, you know, Powers was a dirt road back then. Yeah. So that was the part of the springs that was popping. So that's where he started his first store and uh, got his feet in really well. Yeah. And then he opened on 19 North Tejone after that. So. Okay. And how long was he there for? I don't know the timelines of the stores previous to yeah. the one he has now. I just know the location he's in or he started uh the one that I'm in was since nineteen ninety five. So since ninety five you've been there. Yeah. Okay. Yep. So he's moved to so it was Chapel Hills, nineteen North Tejon, um Academy in Montebello where the good feet okay. is or yep, was yep. or yep. whatever that is. Mm-hmm. Uh and then now uh the Fillmore location since ninety five. Yeah, nice centrally located, um, right across from um, O'Furries. Yes, and we share a lot with American Family. Yeah, okay. So, folks, you should figure out where that is because um, O'Furries has great wings. And Omelette Parlor. Omelette Parlor has good food. That's been classic. around for a long time, oh, too. Yeah. Oh, That's yeah. probably there longer for sure than you guys. Probably, yeah, I would say so. Yeah, but. so um, tell us a little bit about First off, what's the name of the company? My company is Legacy and Company Jewelers. Okay. How and did that 
Is that something you started, or is that your father's? It's the one that I started. Okay. Uh, he used to be Goldfinger's Jewelry. Okay. Which was cool back in his time. You know, <laughs> <Yeah>. James Bond <laughs> and yeah, all yeah, that. Yeah. But I wanted to take it and change the name into something that would be more meaningful, like Legacy and Company. Okay, so, so when did that start? Legacy and Company started in 2018. Okay, so pretty recent then. Yeah. yeah okay. I took over then. So, we so had before a, that, it was Goldfing- Goldfinger? Goldfinger's Jewelry, yeah. Okay. Yep. And I wanted, you were out of that location? Yep. Okay. And when did you get involved then? 100%. I've been involved since Your freshman kid. year of high school, okay. basically. I mean, I tell people since I was in diapers, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd watch him go to work. I'd go to work with him. Yeah, we don't want people thinking, though, you were in diapers as a freshman in high school. That'd be weird. It'd be awkward, wouldn't it? You never know, man. Yeah, you'd really get picked on, you know? <laughs> so, so freshman year, you're you're getting involved. You're learning about the jewelry deal. Um, what happens after high school? After high school, I went uh, straight to UCCS. Okay. Started my uh, degree there. I wanted to go into medical school. I wanted to actually become a trauma surgeon. Okay. I was always fascinated in the medical field. Okay. Uh, or with the medical field. So I started my schooling there, and I was still helping him out when I could. Um, if I wasn't in class, I was at the jewelry store working. And I realized that there was my younger brother – was there my older brother had something else that he was working on already so the only person who was going to take it over was me most likely yeah so i put all my time and effort into that aside from getting a four-year or going to med school halfway through uccs i had a transition in my degree um i realized that i probably wasn't going to the medical field which is why i had my emt and was getting my fix of medicine at that time you know yeah so not that EMT is that crazy of a certification, but yeah. it's something to practice medicine, you know? Yeah, 100%. So EMT, college, jewelry store, uh, finished my four-year in six years <laughs> because I was so distracted. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. Had a lot of irons in the fire, so I couldn't dedicate a full load at UCCS. Mm-hmm. And in 2016, he announced that he was retiring. So... It was in my, you know, ball was in my court to go, yeah. what are you doing? When do you want to grow up? So yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> when are you growing up and what do you want to do? <laughs> so I finished my degree in that little gap that we were closed. Uh, we were still tending to clients because we obviously have had 30 plus years of yeah. clientele. So still tailoring to those who wanted to come in and get stuff done. And then in 2018, I decided it was time to open back up. But did the physical location actually close? Oh, yeah. Those two years? Mm-hmm. Oh, really? Yeah, we were closed just trying to figure out what the next move was. So I actually applied uh, to CSPD in 2018. Oh, did you? Not knowing what was happening, you know? So Yeah. Um, wow. But it was pretty obvious that family business was the way to go. Yeah. And so 2018, you open up shop and... How's business good. that first year? Was it, it was, was it good, good, man? Yeah, it was as if we never left. Okay, before. so we we have a really good reputation in town, and we have for a long time. So yeah, being a native myself, and you know, having people like yourself, right? You came on a recommendation mm-hmm. from people I went to high school with, right? Yeah, and then we made a connection that we went to high school. Yeah, at some point, 
Mm-hmm. I think, did we figure out if it was together or not? Um, let's see here. Jeez, my brain power. Um, 2008 is when I graduated. Okay, so I was starting when you left. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> That's funny. So um, connections so, but, but like that But what's the relation? Because I got a referral from Gussie. Yes. What's the relationship there? I've he, never really even figured that He's my out. brother-in-law. Okay. Okay, got it. Yep. And I went to high school with him. So Okay, so you guys weren't, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because I never went to, I think he was, yeah, eighth grade when I graduated. Yeah, he was two classes below me. Yeah. So um, as I was a junior, he was a freshman, and I was watching what kind of, uh, what kind of things he was getting into <laughs> at the time. His extracurricular activities. <laughs> think about that one before I <laughs> yeah. said it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, I love him, though. Oh, yeah. He's awesome. He's great, and he, and he, they do an unbelievable job with this show every week. Yeah, stepping up and doing a hometown hero because it's not like, hey, here's a fifty dollar gift card to Wendy's. Thank sure. you. It's like yeah. when people go up to Marigolds, like Officer Walsh. You know, it's like man, food, drinks. Did dessert. Walsh go up there? Yeah, <laughs> and so that's like a couple hundred bucks that every week they're shelling out. It's yeah. not like, hey, we're gonna do a small lunch for you. Yeah. It's a grandiose dinner, and I've had veterans. Call me like crying. I had a guy who served in Vietnam who's like, I, everyone from the kitchen came out, shook my hand. He's like, this was like unbelievable. He goes, they do this every week. I go, every weekday, yeah, commit to doing this, which is, which which is absolutely phenomenal. Yeah, um, you know, so you'll have to get your free meal from him. I guess I'll, I'll talk to him hero, about that, right? You know, yeah, he's gonna be like, hey, you're stretching. He's like, what's going on here, man? That is, yeah. I'll Walsh went up there. I finally had him on that. We've been doing it a year, and I'm like. I run into him down at uh, what switchbacks? I think he yeah. works a lot of those games. So okay. I ran into him. I said, "We got to have you on." You know, I said, "You used to get." You know, I was always sitting in his office in uh, <laughs> in high school. I yes. said, "You know, yeah. so understand." I'm familiar as well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Unfortunately, yeah, yeah. He knew of me pretty well. <laughs> sure, but here we are, right? Yeah, we're yeah. all good. Yeah. So, um, folks, we're going to go into commercial break. You're going to hear from ABC News. And then we're going to come back. We're talking to the owner of Legacy Jewelry, right? Legacy and Company. Legacy and Company. Dan, he's the owner. Um, and I personally bought my uh, engagement ring there, um, what was it, probably like four months ago. Unbelievable experience. Um, soon to be wife's buying my um, ring. Hopefully she's buying it still. I don't know. Verdict's still probably out on that. <laughs> but we're, And i got to be careful because she does tune into this show. Um, we'll be right back after these messages. Okay, folks, we're back here on the extra with Legacy and Company. Jewelers here, right off of Fillmore, across the street from Armel Parlor. Ofuri's Dan. I got Dan, the owner, in. He did our hometown hero, a volunteer firefighter out at the Peyton Fire Department. And, Dan, tell us what separates you. Because this is, I, I think, the thing that was very interesting to me. I felt like I got a good deal, right? You know, um, tell us what's different than me going to like Shane and company, something like that. One of these big, big jewelers, what separates you from the big box companies out there? What makes you different? So we definitely strive to be different from the big box stores. Um, we're locally owned, family owned, have been for two generations, which for us was 40 plus years. My dad started, I took over. There's something to be said about being able to walk into a store and you're not just a number, right? I'm not receiving a commission paycheck, and my experience 
I mean, I went to school to be a gemologist mm-hmm. uh, through GIA. So one of the most accredited institutions in really the world. Yeah. They certify worldwide. So um, my knowledge and experience and being able to work with you one-on-one means a lot to me. Yeah. You, know? you walk in and I know, hey, this is Justin Hermes. Or yeah. um, you show me a ring, even if sometimes I space names, you know, because we have a lot of yeah, clients. Of so. Yeah. But I'll see the ring and I'll recognize it, you know, yeah. and it'll, after talking to the client for a bit, I'll, it'll come back to me and that's it. It's so we, we do strive for that family feel. Yeah. Um, nobody's a client that walks in. Yeah. You, know? you don't have a bunch of sales associates in there Yeah, and you're sitting in the back going, Hey, go help this person. Yeah. You're not getting tackled, um, by people who just are looking for a commission check. You're yeah. not being told information that is just. I don't know how to put it. I mean, everything that you have to sell and educate your clients about has to be calculated. You know, you can't just tell someone, read it off the tag and hope they bite, you know. Yeah. Educate the person. Tell them why it's good. Tell them why it's bad. Don't just be about the sale. There are some uh, stores around that will sell people these gemstone rings as engagement rings and they fail to tell the client that we'll be seeing you once a year to replace that stone. I don't know how I feel about that. That's not very cost effective and it's not it's like an oil change. I mean, yeah, it once shouldn't have to be that way. Right. <laughs> I mean, I need to see a ring once every six months to a year anyway, just for maintenance and upkeep. But I don't think the client has a budgetary yearly you know what I mean? Like, yeah. they don't have a yearly spend in mind that they need to keep up a ring, right? Like, your ring that you just bought, it's yeah. not going to cost you anything to keep it up every yeah. year. Because that diamond is sustainable. It's hard. It's one of the hardest substances on earth, right? Yeah. I'm not putting a piece of quartz in a ring and sending it out the door and going, see you in a year to buy a new one, you know? Yeah. And and I talked with one of my friends. Like, everyone does. When you buy a house, when you buy a car... You then kind of evaluate, hey, did I get a good deal by talking to people, right? And I talked to um, one of my friends. He actually, his office is very close to yours and was explaining him what I bought it for. And um, he he was kind of going, are you kidding me? He goes, I bought one a, a year ago. And from what you're telling me what yours is and what mine is, I feel like I paid way more for mine. I'm going, oh, I got a great deal then. So I felt good, sure. right? As the consumer, we kind of do that. We go, oh, I felt great. And he's going kind of kicking himself. And I said, well, I don't know. I said, you went to a, a big name. I said, so maybe I got a better deal because like, you know, the big name, just like anything in real estate or this or that, it costs a lot of money to be with Remax. It costs a lot of money to be with Keller Williams. You're paying franchise fees, stuff like that. I said, so all I can think is, you know, I'm getting a better deal because this gentleman's overhead isn't as high and I don't know, is that, is that really what it comes down to? Or are you able, are you getting diamonds from a source that is, I mean, tell us how the, the background scene on that, where you get your diamonds compared to other people. The background is not really that much of a secret. Uh, We get our diamonds just like any other jeweler imported overseas. Okay. Um, we have sources in New York and LA that can source stones for us if we need them. But where the true secret is, is as you know, buying and selling houses, it's on the buy, right? 
If you're yeah. not buying right, you can't sell right. Yeah. So I have to buy it right to be able to sell it right to you. And sometimes it's not able to be competitive. Sometimes the online industry can undercut us so yeah. bad. <laughs> but the thing that I urge for he- caution on buying online is you don't have the piece in front of you, you know, and you don't have a jeweler that you're working with constantly. You buy the stone or the ring and it's done. There's no maintenance. There's no upkeep. You can't send the ring in to get its checkup. You know? Yeah. So it's a one-time deal. When you're making a large investment, you're buying it strictly online. I would compare it to basically, hey, you're buying from uh, you know, your car and you're buying it online without test driving it. Right. Yeah. And the bigger companies have guarantees for those kinds of programs, right? Like Carvana. Um, yeah. The other uh, room, I think it yeah. is. They will bring the car you have up to this much to send it back. But how much is in that fine script? You know what I mean? Oh, I know. Like how yeah. much percentage restocking fee? Um, you know, oh, the ring was worn once, so now we can't guarantee it or give you your money back. For me, there's I want you as the client, as our friend, to like me in the future, right? You make one purchase from me, I want to be able to see you again and again. So a lot of my pricing will factor into that as well. I'm not going to... There's no sense in retiring off of one sale. Yeah, 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 yeah. You're not trying to rake someone over the coals because you have the big... Long-term picture. Long-run picture, right. Like, I would love to have Justin Hermes as a client, as a friend for the rest of my life, just like my dad has his clients for the rest of his life. And you'd be able to come back to me and go, hey, Dan, it's, um, you know, my kid's getting baptized today, like that far down the road. Like, what do you have for my kid? You know, those are the things I want to be present for instead of just going... I'm going to get this guy right yeah, now. One you know? time sale. I'm going to close the rest of this month yeah, yeah, <laughs> because yeah, yeah. of the sale that I got. Yeah. So. Well, it's important, folks. We're talking with Dan, the owner of Legacy and Company. Um, Dan, if you can you share your website? What would you rather share? Phone number? We haven't even given the exact address of your location yet. Can you do that? Sure. Yeah, I'll give a little list of ways to get a hold of us. Our address is 1111 East Fillmore Street, 80907, located here in Colorado Springs. And our phone number is 719-633-5900. And we are on Facebook, Instagram, and we do have a website. The website is LegacyCoJewelers.com. Okay, folks, we're going to go to a quick commercial break. We'll be right back here. You're listening to Caradio News on The Extra. Okay, folks, thanks for sticking with us. Still here talking with Dan. We're talking diamonds. Tell us a little bit, you know, this um, lab-grown has come into effect over the what the last couple of years? Yeah, ten How's years, that? I would say. Ten. Okay. How's it changed your industry? Has it been a big shakeup, or if you're going, it's it hasn't been that big of a deal. You know, there was a huge split when labs came in. Uh, there were other alternatives back in the day, like moissanite, cubic zirconia, um, other diamond alternatives that were. Still looked good, but not as expensive, right, to the consumer. This created a complete division in the industry, in my opinion. Naturals went one way and labs went the other. And what you're seeing is your more traditional, usually older demographic is going to want natural diamonds because that's what they know and that's what they grew up with, right? Mm -hmm. Those are natural diamonds. This is what my 
grandparents bought, what my parents yeah. bought. So this is the way to secure your investment. A lab-grown diamond is just something that is a sustainable avenue or substitute for natural diamonds. It's more sustainable in the way of that it's friendly, like environmentally. Well, no, not environmentally. That's actually where it's not sustainable. It's horrible <laughs> for the environment. <laughs> but it, but it's uh, yeah. I've seen what diamond. you're trying to say. Yeah, is that yeah, yeah. So has the stereotypes. I don't was, know. When I got my uh, diamond from you, there was a gal who had her photo in there and said, "Thanks for buying my the diamond," and it talked about where it came from. She seemed happy. Right. Yeah. So there <laughs> was that, and it was I mean natural diamond. I don't know for sure. Yeah. No, we sell both. I mean, we'll sell natural diamonds yeah. and we'll sell lab. Because I have heard people say, "Well, you got some poor kid who's mining this and this and this," and I'm going. I don't know. I mean, I I, I I don't know probably a lot about it, but I, I viewed it as, well, they have to make money too, I guess. I'm supporting some industry. They're getting paid. Yeah, and in turn, you know, since the movie Blood Diamond came out, that was where the whole turn came yeah. out, really. Things have been way cleaner. Things have been more refined, more ethical, uh, more sustainable. I mean, those diamonds that are being mined are going – that money is coming right back into their – commerce in their societies you know there you go eventually you know once it comes to uh israel to get cut and then to the united states sold to the jeweler and back eventually they will is that where a majority of the diamonds come from israel uh israel russia belgium all over really but that's where primarily majority of the supply comes from is israel and is that where you get a majority of yours yes Yep. You ever fly over there? Never have been. No, yeah. no. I'm. It's tricky because I'm Lebanese. Yeah. And um, if we go into Israel, you're never allowed to come back into Lebanon, per the government. Wow. So you got to be careful. It's like, do I want to just risk? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Understand. Going back to my family's home country and go to Israel or not? So yeah, I've never been, but I've always wanted to go. Yeah, because you're doing business with them. Yep. Yep. And not only that, it's uh, a lot of. It's the Holy Land, man. You yeah. Know? Oh, yeah. It's where a lot of things originated, and it'd mm-hmm. be cool to go back and see it. So. Oh, 100%. So, um, are, is, so is everyone in the diamond industry using the same sourcers? I mean, is it the – I mean – We will eventually run into the same sources at some point. You know, yeah. if you're doing enough business to where you're comparing apples to apples on diamonds, I mean, um, I think you experienced that with – even just our transaction, yeah, you know, it ended up coming down to, oh wait, I found the same exact diamond, and that's not one that you want. So yeah, so and that's yeah. what you get from buying online. You don't know. I mean, um, it's a large investment. So looking at it from like a real estate point of view, it's like you probably want to go with a referral, and that's you know ended up what I ended up doing. Yeah, you know, you go with a referral and. People, other people had good experiences, and that's what I tell people. I said, "You're looking for a good realtor. Do not find one online." Right. That's no. what I tell people. Go to your work, ask a bunch of people, ask your sphere of influence around you who has had a good transaction with a realtor, and then interview a couple or and go with one of them. Yeah. No, that you makes know? sense, man. And for me, you know, I I'm very much on the mindset of I want to sell. How I'm be or how I would like to be sold to, you yeah. know. I'm a consumer at the end of the day too. Yeah, I'm not just a guy standing behind the showcase. I'm also a consumer. Mm-hmm. So when I'm talking to my clients, I stand in the showroom with them to let them know that I am a consumer with you. 
You know, yeah. I'm not just a salesman. I'm not just making a paycheck here. What your purchase, what you purchase in my store is meaningful to me, mm-hmm. you know, and I want to make sure that experience is there for you. And I will never, ever sell in a method that I would never be sold to or never want to be sold to. So, yeah. And you sell both the lab grown diamonds too, right? I do. Yeah. I offer natural and lab. What are you selling more of right now? Lab. Really? Yeah. Like 60% lab. I would say 70, 70%? 30. Really? Yeah. Wow. Yep. I don't know why they've had this big boom. Uh, just at the end of this year, I've seen a real spike in lab grown jewelry and, uh, Maybe I, it's the economy. People are looking it may be. to save more. Do you think it that's possibly it? Yeah, that plays into it because... There's more of a savings in going with a lab grown? There is um, anywhere from 30 to 40 to 50% on some stones. Yeah. But I explained to the client that I get that this is your investment and you're going to be doing this as an engagement ring or whatever it may be, but don't expect it to have any resale because they just get cheaper every year. Every month they get cheaper. Do they? Yeah. I've had they're all, or is it because all the competition's flooding into the market right now, so everyone's trying to undercut? Lab-grown diamonds are supply and – or any diamond, right, or anything, even homes, are supply and demand, right? If you have supply – Prices go down. Prices go down. If you have a demand and there's no supply, prices go up. Labs are controlled in a lab. It takes six months – Three to six months to grow a lab-grown diamond. How do they even do that? Same way natural diamonds are grown. They're not fake. You know, a, a lot of people are like, those are fake diamonds. I'm like, no, they're not. Chemically, they're the same. They look the same. They have the same hardness. They are just done in a high-pressure and high-temperature environment in a lab versus the earth growing them for thousands of years, you know. How, so how do you tell the difference? I'm getting, Can you tell the difference by eye just walking down the street? Uh, you being a professional. Me, I'm getting better at it, yes. Okay. the That saying, it looks too good to be true, um, that is becoming a thing in lab-grown diamonds. Because they're a controlled growth process, right? So you're going to have a almost perfect diamond, perfect color every single time. So when you have something that is bright and has no inclusions or um and it has really nice faceting and cutting and it's a large stone nine times out of ten it's going to be a lab so but can you tell if under a i mean if somebody came in and they said hey um i want you to service my diamond clean it whatever um didn't buy it through you and they said you know i bought this and it was 25 grand and they were on the impression it was a natural stone. Could you then evaluate it for sure? And yeah, no, definitely. If you're not just looking at it by eye and telling that way, I have a machine at the jewelry store that can tell you whether it's lab grown, uh, what type of lab grown it is, and if it's a moissanite, cubic zirconia, or natural. So. Do you think there's people out there who are being sold lab-grown diamonds and under the impression that they're not anymore? Any, no, what, at the beginning when it first oh, came out, yeah, there were some fraudulent oh, fraudulent yeah. sales then, huh? Yes, um, actually, one of your hometown heroes came and saw me um, at the jewelry store, and he was sold something that was not what it was advertised as, and he bought it online, put it in my tester at the jewelry store, and 
turned out to not be authentic. I mean, I it, you, you just hear about it. Actually, it's crazy because my grandfather, who served in World War II, he bought a diamond for his wife, and it was, gosh, probably 12 years later that they brought it in to get appraised for the estate, and they were like, this it's not real. Luckily, the store was still open up in Denver because he was stationed up at Lowry. He went back in, and they were like, whoa, please don't tell anybody. We'll make this right. Blah, blah, blah. Oh, wow. But they didn't catch it till 12 years later. But the thing is with that is over – And that was before lab growns were even around. Sure, yeah. Over that course of time, you know, I require my clients to bring their piece in once every six months, once every year for polish, clean, and maintenance. If it goes to another jeweler, which every store has this policy, I don't think it's just us. Yeah. If it goes to another jeweler, that automatically voids any kind of warranty or any kind of liability. Because it takes about a minute and a half to swap out a diamond. So you, you're walking through the mall, your lady goes, oh, we should just get this cleaned because we're here. Goes to the back, five minutes later comes out, not your stone anymore. And so that stuff's going on, huh? Oh, it happens way more than people know. When your piece is gone for two to eight weeks at a time getting repaired, uh, most likely not in the same building as where you bought the ring, you have to be leery and make sure that it's your stone that's coming back. Because they're working on 10,000 other rings that look just like yours being from a big box store, you know? And that's another thing that we do pride ourselves on is I have multiple jewelers on site that work with us. So your diamonds stay in the building. Our diamonds are everything. Everything stays in the building. Yeah. Our turnaround time is one to three days on your average repair because of that. And it's not because we're not backed up. I just have enough jewelers to make up for that time and that uh, stockpile of repairs that we get. So, well, I mean, so yeah, I mean, that's stuff consumers need to be aware about. And then also, too, is like you said, people are buying and they may not be buying something that is legitimate. Yeah. Education is important, man. I, I have spent many hours educating a client just for them to walk out the door and go, I'll think about it. And that's fine with me. I don't care. They don't yeah. need to buy something with me. But what I'm happy with is I was able to impart knowledge and make have them think about the transaction that they're going to be making and make an educated and informed purchase. That's yeah. all I care about. So what would you say percentage of transactions are, I'm not sure the right word's fraudulent, but where somebody's being sold something that is not accurate in the diamond industry or the jewelry industry? I mean, that's... Is it low? Is it like, oh, under 1% of the time it happens? I mean, I know you... No, no. It's like, off way, the top of your head, what would you guess? This is a blind industry, and that's what hurts people. If you're not educated in it and don't know anything about it, you're probably going to be sold something that is not accurate. Um, so I don't know a percentage on that because I'm not walking around and taking a survey of everyone's jewelry. But if you're guessing, but think one about, out of every... I mean, think think about your big box transaction. You go in, you have that sales associate behind the counter who is a diamondologist on their business card. Um, How much are they actually knowing? Yeah. You know, how much information do they actually have? 
And misinformation is just subjective, right? It could be an error on the salesperson's part. It could be an error on the manufacturer's part. So there are times where the manufacturers are selling me things that are not what they're saying they are. Then I sell it to you and it does not That's look fine. good, right? Because yeah. I'm your fall guy right now. Yeah. So when I bought that piece of equipment, it cost 5500 bucks, And that is to ensure that anything that I buy from a dealer you know. or manufacturer, I address right then and there with the manufacturer. I do not pass it on to the client and That's then huge, get man. bit later, awesome. you know? So there's a quality control process as well on our end, just because they, my dealers tell me it's um, an Apple. Maybe it's not. Yeah. You know? That's huge. That's good so to know. Always have to double check for my sake and your sake at the end. There you go, folks. We got about 30 seconds left here. Dan, once again, contact information. We're talking with the owner, legacy and company um, address, Hours are open, um, whatever else you want to give Yeah, out. <laughs> I got you. Uh, address is 1111 East Fillmore Street, and our phone number is 719-633-5900, and we are open Tuesday through Saturday from 10 to 6. We'll be moving to a more by-appointment basis here probably next year, but we'll release that on our social media. So uh, tune in on Facebook and Instagram. We'd love to see you guys. Perfect, Dan. Thanks for taking the time to come on today. Thanks, Justin. Appreciate it. All right, folks. That's another one in the books here on The Extra. You have Tom Martino joining you next.